I can't believe you would have trusted the Shadows when they said they were on your side. They just wanted you to waste your resources fighting each other. They are going to come for you sooner or later. And let the rest of the galaxy burn. All I want now is revenge. You can never go wrong with garters. <laughs> well, you might. Hello and welcome to Who Are You, a Babylon 5 watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who are rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafer. And I'm Laura. And today, Laura, I get to ask you, what do you want? You still haven't answered my question, Ambassador. What do you want? Well, what do you mean, what do I want? What do you want? Do you really want to know what I want? Do you really want to know the truth? Does that answer your question? Well, it's that time of year again. When this podcast airs, mm -hmm. I will have just had a birthday. Oh, <laughs> we are several weeks ahead right now. Yeah. So we looked at the calendar. So I will have yeah. had a birthday like the Sunday before this podcast, the, okay. before this episode airs. Yeah. That's cool. Happy birthday. Yeah. Then, <laughs> but, you know, also now, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Time is weird and a construct. So It's true. It's true. I'm the kind of person that I like to have a plan for my birthday. Yeah. Like, I like to have some kind of idea of what I want. Okay. In order to feel, like, fulfilled on the day. If I don't make a plan for myself, I feel kind of like, ugh, I just wasted my day, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the one day that's about me or sort of in the year. So I've been trying to think to myself, like, what do I want this year? Because, you know, I'm in a third trimester. So yeah. birthday is not exactly an alcohol celebrating kind of day this time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't have like a big rager with all my friends or something. <laughs> not that I do that anymore because I'm in my 30s. I do. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, no. Okay, let me rephrase that. I'm in my 30s with kids. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't think that I could take it anymore. I just can't. So I've been trying to come up with things that I want that'll make myself feel fulfilled on that day. Mm -hmm. I did pick out that I want to go to one of the really nice steakhouses in Oklahoma City. There's one in the, the fancy new boutique hotel Ooh. that opened a couple years ago. And I have been to it once before, and it is very nice. Okay. <laughs> so I definitely want the steakhouse dinner. Because my birthday falls on the wrong day of the week, we're going to have to do it the night before my birthday, because they're mm. not open. Are you a strict observer of your birthday, typically? Like, does it have to be, like, the celebration have to be on birthday? Like, if at all possible. Like, obviously, yeah. the steakhouse is closed. You want to do the steakhouse, so you're moving it. I, I'd say I'm a little flexible with that. I'm not, you know, super... Cause Sometimes birthdays are on Tuesday, man, and you just yeah. don't get to do anything really like cool on Tuesday if you got to go to work. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, most people's answer to that that are strict observers are to take either the day of their birthday or the day after their birthday off work. Yeah, and I'll take the day out off after usually because mm -hmm. like we get a free vacation day for our birthdays at my ah. workplace, like a 
special extra day. You just yeah. have to take it in the month of your birthday. Oh, okay. But I'm not like planning a big thing. So like, what am I going to do on birthday day as well to make myself feel good? So I haven't quite figured that out yet. I'm like, do I need a special cake? Mm-hmm. Do I need like a special trip? I'm open to suggestions. Well, by the time this airs, our audience won't be able to help you as your birthday yeah. will have already passed. Well, I'm I'm here with you, so I'm yes. hoping you have something. Yeah, I don't I am not a strict birthday observer, mm-hmm. nor do yeah. I really give a shit about my birthday. Yeah. Birthdays were not a big deal in my family growing up. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a kid, it was just like, oh, it's your birthday, I have some friends over, we'll order pizza or something, you know. Yeah. As it sounds now, I mean, I love a theme party. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I did. I I was known for throwing theme parties. I haven't done a lot of them, obviously, because of COVID. Yeah. But I did yeah. one last spring that I'm doing again right around your birthday. Oh yeah. Which you obviously you won't be able to be there oh, given our distance. That's too bad. But I'm doing a drunk PowerPoint party. Oh, we've talked about the drunk PowerPoint parties before. That does They're sound fun. fun. <laughs> I I did one last year. I'm doing another one this year. I don't know. Birthday stuff. Get a nice cake or something. I don't like cake. Yeah. That's the thing is I'm not really big on sweets. So it's just like all of the normal birthday stuff. Yeah. Like I'd rather just cook than go out most of the time. I got to find an interesting cake. Like, yeah. either to make or that somebody in town makes. I think that would be fun yeah. for birthday day. I think birthdays were a bigger deal for me growing up because I had a few of them get ruined by the weather, ah. you know, being winter birthday. <laughs> okay. Like, where we were, like, snowed in and couldn't leave our house. And so then my parents tried to, like, make it up and make, you know, something yeah. special out of it. <laughs> I have... I had a series of bad birthdays from 18 until 21. Every year I had a terrible birthday for that four-year stretch. That's an awful time to have that. Yeah. When you're like young and cool. Uh, My 18th birthday, I got fired from my job and my girlfriend broke up with me. Oh, boy. My 19th birthday was a small national disaster oh geez my 20th birthday i spent with a friend in the hospital who had gotten sick Uh and then my 21st birthday i spent in the hospital because i drank too much oh man yeah that's a string of really bad ones (laughs) yeah it all worked out in the end yeah i don't know if that's what gave me like a a need to have a plan and have something special it's nice to have a plan I have an idea for one this year. I'm thinking about renting out a Chuck E. Cheese for my birthday this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And having it be the birthday party. And so it's everyone's birth. Like, everyone is supposed to bring a gift that uh-huh. is like 5 to $10, right? Okay. Wrap it up. We're going to throw them all in a pile. And we take turns throughout the whole party where it is your birthday. Oh, that's cute. And so we'll like, oh, and we'll pull a name out of that. Hey, it's this person's birthday. Everyone will sing you happy birthday and we'll go to the pile of presents and pull you one out. Oh, that's cute. That's a good idea. I like that. 
and just have a bunch of 30 year olds with no kids take over at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Do it, my man. <laughs> I have to find out if they serve beer first. Find a Chuck E. Cheese with a oh, liquor yeah, license. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Who else needs some good luck? There's a couple of characters in this week's episode. We've got oh my gosh, yes. season three, episode 15, interludes and examinations. Oh, by the way, Babylon 5 is going to be free on Roku Channel and Tubi. That's what I heard. Supported by ads. Which, I mean, we used to watch Babylon 5 with ads, so yeah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we open on Ivanova giving a diary entry in the aftermath of the shadows attacking the Bracari. Uh, we see Mr. Morden bribe his way on the station. Yeah. We see Franklin do some space coke. We get a little bit with Londo and Veer in this passage, uh, where Londo tasks Veer with renting a giant room and filling it with flowers for Adira, who is finally returning to him. Yeah. Remember Adira? It's been a minute. (laughs) It's been a minute, and I don't know why she's coming back, but that whole... That whole situation is so fucked. It's a little squeaky. Yeah. <laughs> Even if she is a free woman now, I don't I don't know what she wants. Why why? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see, I guess, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if you felt like the pace of this Ivanova exposition was kind of a lot of things, mm-hmm. this episode is kind of a lot of things. For sure this episode is a ton of things. And honestly, I'm kind of low-key really worried about the show because I said that last episode. Mm-hmm. And in our next episode is the two-parter, and that one's mm-hmm. paced pretty well. But we're coming up on season four here, which is notoriously ridiculous with its plot pacing. Yeah, uh, yeah. For reasons we'll talk about when we hit season four. And I'm sure we've talked about before they didn't think they were going to get their fifth season, so they compressed two right. seasons into one. But I'm really, this wouldn't have been a concern at this point, the not getting the fifth Mm -hmm. season. I don't think this was on the radar at all. So it's just very worrying to me. Yeah. It's It's a lot crammed in. And we don't usually pull this tactic, I think, of having somebody like voice over a diary entry that goes over a lot of things. This show doesn't do that a lot. So... Yeah, but I think the most concerning thing that comes up in this diary entry is our watching Mr. Morden Mm -hmm. skulking about the station. He bribes his way on, he gets into an empty room, and some shadows materialize around him, and we go to theme. When we come back from theme, Sheridan is meeting with the Brakiri and the Gaim ambassadors. Mm. Yeah. Have we seen these guys before? I don't know if we've seen the guy before. We've definitely yeah, seen the Brakiri. Maybe in a background shot. Yeah. Of like if, the league. If we have, I've probably brought it up already, but the Gaimer named for Neil Gaiman. <laughs> That's who cool. is a friend of uh, mm-hmm. J. Michael Straczynski. He, wrote, he does write an episode in season five. And then mm-hmm. also they've got the Sandman mask from the Sandman comics. Yeah. That's why it looks familiar. Yeah. Sheridan's trying to get them to work together as they are neighbors. But the game refused to help until the Alliance can demonstrate it has power equal to the shadows. Yeah, we don't want to get involved if you can't back us up. Yeah. 
cut over to MedLab, where Franklin argues with a very particularly named Dr. Lillian Hobbs. They kind of go out oh. of their way to say her name a bunch. Did you catch this? I didn't. I Okay. I, They're I like, Dr. Tell. Hobbs, Hobbs, Lillian, Hobbs, Dr. Hobbs. Like, way more mm-hmm. than you do for a normal bit character. Okay. There's a very specific reason. Okay. Because Lillian Hobbs is a fan of the show who won a charity oh. auction to have a character on the show named after her at the Wolf 395 convention in Manchester in 1995. Oh, that's really fun and cute, and so that, I like that. That's why they say her name a ton. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. It didn't strike me like as what the hell's going on, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that's super cute, and I wish that shows still did that. Right. Can you imagine if Discovery or something did that and have a character named after you? Charity yeah. auction? It probably raised a lot so of money. so much money. Yeah. Yeah. These are the ideas, guys. Keep mm-hmm. using them. Anyways, uh, Franklin is losing it and patience. Mm-hmm. He's just yelling this whole time. He's just clearly lost his shit. Yeah, he definitely said nine BPSI. Mm-hmm. I said 13 PSI. 13, 13, 13. Now you got it? Damn it. On that patient he was working with and then tries to backpedal and say he said 13 and is like, nah, brah. <laughs> Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good look. This is the worst look from any boss, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. The I was right, you were wrong, even though I was wrong. And now I'm blaming you for me being wrong. The worst look. And not a a thing we can really do anymore because there's so many ways you can like track somebody on that. Yeah. So many receipts you can bring to the conversation. (laughs) It's why you save your emails. Exactly. Yep. CYA. Uh, We flash back to Londo and Adira and Mitch McConnell when Veer (laughs) interrupts, prompting Londo to go to Adira's suite. He's interrupted by Morden, though, who's pissed Uh Rifa isn't returning his texts. So he does what every terrible man abusing power does about it, complain against a monocolor background. I think one of the interesting things about this conversation is that Londo can, he can hear these shadows now. Yeah. We hear them in the background mm. and he definitely reacts yeah. to this like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the little shadow noise. He is aware. He's aware, not aware enough to not just really step in it though. Yeah. So Morden threatens the home world. Which, of course, Londo has to puff up mm-hmm. and uh, show show off a little bit. Yeah. And he tells Morton that you can't hurt me. You've I have nothing left, basically. Yeah. As the lady that he... <laughs> the one says, thing you actually care about. <laughs> the one lady that he says he's ever loved <laughs> is on her way to the station what a what a boneheaded move. <laughs> yeah. Garibaldi goes to Franklin's quarters after this to call him out on his behavior. Something here ain't right, Stephen. And Franklin is an ass to his friend who totally doesn't deserve it just this once. Yeah. Like, I wrote down in my notes, Garibaldi is actually right. <laughs> yeah. Broken clock. Still Not a phrase a I day. write often. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, Garibaldi's you know trying to look out for his friend, and it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, like I can do this the easy way or the hard way. Please, let's do this the easy way and talk about your addiction to mm-hmm. stims. And he's all like, fuck you. I'm not addicted to stims. I do what I want. Get out of my room. Fuck you. And Garibaldi's like, I tried. This is the one thing Garibaldi actually really knows really well is how yeah. to talk to someone with a, a problem. Yeah. It, it's his experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we see Delenn go to meet with Sheridan in the war room. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the whole behavior of the shadows. This the is some erratic, erratic. word. Yeah. But it's just like 1,000 years ago, apparently, mm-hmm. according to Minbari records. Yeah, the shadows just kind of doing stuff, attacking very randomly, things that don't necessarily feel strategic, just kind of tr- keeping everyone on their toes. And Sheridan's very frustrated because you can't herd the cats to all respond together mm-hmm. and be a cohesive force. I really liked his phrase that it's like stacking marbles in a corner. Yeah. I was like, I have felt this. Just different <laughs> projects at different times of my life, stacking marbles in a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really real. <laughs> yeah. The big question out of all this is, what do the shadows actually want? Mm-hmm. That's a thing that they can't answer right now. And Sheridan yeah. needs to know to be able to be able to predict, be able to fight the enemy. You need to know it's what their interesting goal is. that the shadows ask everyone, what do you want? And now mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out what do they want. It's almost like that's on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So Delenn is very, very succinct and suggests that we just need a win. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Just need a W. You know how we get there. That's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Get that W. Everyone turns around. Garibaldi meets with Doctor Hobbs to bring her in on his investigation. She refuses to help him through back channels. A cab. <laughs> yeah it's gotta be formal mm-hmm. Franklin does see Hobbs and Garibaldi talking though and it's weird because yeah, like music he's... here oh my gosh it's <laughs> just like you know you know when you hear the music yeah that he's around the corner <laughs> yeah it's a good thing that paranoia isn't a known side effect of space coke otherwise this could be a real problem <laughs> for Franklin sure sure <laughs> like what's he doing there like, he's supposed to be going from his quarters to med lab. Yeah, he's in his whole doctor thing. And like, he's just, like, walking through the Zocalo. Like, uh-huh. that just not make sense to me. That is not how the yeah. station has ever been presented as being laid out. Yeah, whenever Franklin is in some sort of commercial space, he's in his, you know, uniform, not mm-hmm. his doctor's, like, scrubs. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Also in the Zocalo is Veer. Mm-hmm. He is trying to arrange some of the nice things that Londo wants to fill Adira's room with, you know. Yeah. Like a case flowers. of wine and uh-huh. four dozen space roses and lingerie. Lingerie. Oh. Outfits. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. As as well, you do. <laughs> they're unmentionables quite literally for Veer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we he know about poor Veer. Unable to mention them. Mhm. Yeah, so we get a good laugh at his expense, but then he spots Mr. Morton on his way out mm-hmm. and tries to dodge unsuccessfully. This is so good, because Morton's like, "What do you? is there anything I can help you with? 
And Veer's just like, short of dying, no. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I I love that Veer is not subtle with the way yeah. he deals with Mr. Morton. Unfortunately, Mr. Morton has kind of observed who he was talking to and worms his way mm-hmm. into a conversation with that man and finds out that Malari is preparing for someone very special. Yeah. All this lingerie and wine and space roses, space roses, like there's something going on. Just does a straight up Mr. Burns cackle to commercial. Garibaldi strolls into med lab after hours, but stops himself from looking up the blood work and running the tests right as Franklin walks in. He leaves the door open. Did you notice this? Weird choice. Also, why is med lab closed? (laughs) Like, yeah, <laughs> it's an emergency facility. I would expect yeah. Franklin to not be there every waking hour, but I would not expect yeah. it to be like shut down. Like, is there no patients there? Like, yeah, <laughs> what Good is going questions. on? And when you're whenever I'm looking up things that I'm not supposed to know, mm-hmm. I uh, I always leave the door open so mm-hmm. someone can come and talk to me about it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we we get to see Franklin observe him make the choice not to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. But at this point, Franklin has run his own tests. Yeah. He knows Franklin has been confronted with the hard truth. He's basically the Scarface of Stims. Just a, uh, his silver plate is so covered in space coke, he can't see his own reflection. It's bad. Take it easy when you talk to me, okay? Yeah, he's he's having an awakening here to his situation. So I really like this scene and I really hate this scene. Okay, do share. I really like the the scene for Franklin's like, I ran the tests. You know, I have been this principal dude. These numbers don't lie. I know that I have a problem. I can't deny that anymore. Good. All the stuff with Garibaldi looking and then deciding to stop. Good. I like all of it. Mm-hmm. MedLab being closed. Fucking weird. And if Franklin has decided at this point that he knows he has an addiction and he's going to resign as he does at the end of this episode, Uh what the fuck is he coming into closed med lab for? What is the circumstance (laughs) for him to go check on Garibaldi in med lab right now? That makes any sense short of, I guess he could have gotten notified. Someone went into med lab, but that seems very on Garibaldi, like Garibaldi would not let that happen, I would think. Yeah. Maybe he's just trailing Garibaldi. Maybe because he he has got, as you said, perhaps he is having a paranoia side effect, mm-hmm. and so he was just you know ten steps behind. Maybe uh, that makes sense. Okay, ready to ready to talk to him. That's that's some headcanon to put on it. Headcanon accepted. I appreciate that explanation. That makes it make more sense to me. But we see Sheridan now going to Kosh. We haven't seen Kosh in a while except for like a second in late delivery from Avalon. And Kosh is uh, refusing to help Sheridan here. This is a great, great rant. About as great. Sheridan loses it on Kosh Mm -hmm. and just starts yelling at him. He's all like, you know, uses words you'd use to describe children you know like you're being petulant disobedient of yours he's like i don't fucking care you know and then kosh kind of like activates a little bit yeah and we get a thing in cmc yeah 
It is a non-localized phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where the last time we heard non-localized phenomenon was? I mean, they're familiar words, but I don't remember when I heard them last. In Soul Hunter. Oh, When okay. the soul got busted out of the like little soul prison gem thing. Uh-huh. That was the last time we've heard someone say non-localized phenomenon. Weird. I thought that was very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's something that JMS called out, too. I read that in notes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Sheridan lays it in, demanding to know how many need to die before the Vorlons get involved. Mm -hmm. The answer's one more. (laughs) (laughs) Just not the one you were expecting. Right. Kosh finally caves but notes the price. They won't be there to help Sheridan when he goes to Zaha Doom. And Sheridan's all like, you said I was going to die if I went there anyways. And he's just like, well, now. <laughs> yeah, you will now, idiot. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> that Maybe was just a I warning before. <laughs> yeah. Sheridan's like, fine, be rude about it later and don't help me in Zaha Doom. Like, fuck off. Like, this is worth it. And he's all like, you don't understand, but you're gonna. Yeah. I guess we'll get there eventually. (laughs) Yep. And then Delenn brings the League to the war room as a Vorlon fleet rolls up and attacks the Shadows who are attacking the Bracari. Yeah. They really kind of mop the floor with these guys. There's like two Shadow ships and the Vorlons show up with like 15 of Kasha's ship and a couple... Mm -hmm big guys and one yeah. really big guy. Yeah. So I think they they knew they weren't playing. I like that there are different colors too. Mm-hmm. You know, we we saw Kasha's ship before and it was kind of a very bright neon green. Yeah. Or it had some bright neon green in it and it, it's very mottled, right? Yeah. And I, you know, they as the Vorlons come out, there's some brown and there's some green and it's like. Yeah. There's one that's bright know. red. Yeah. It's. It's more dynamic, whereas, you know, all the shadow ships obviously are supposed to be creepy and scary, and they're all kind of black with that gray. Yeah, yeah, but we've got a little more diversity of types of ships. It makes them feel more alive than manufactured. Over at Space TSA, Londo and Veer are waiting for Adira, but she hasn't left the ship yet. Yeah. Dr. Hobbs is with the medical staff removing a body, and Londo sees them and finds Adira is dead. She makes it off in the body bag. Yeah. He immediately concludes that this is Rifa, despite it obviously being Morden. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he's Lando is remembering unaware. the poison incident yeah. and says, check her for poison. Mm-hmm. Which, come on. He did say that, like, poison was the Centauri drug of choice. So couldn't it be literally anybody if it was poison? <laughs> yeah. I mean,. He he decides it's Rifa without investigating. I think that's yeah. That I mean that's important. Like that's that's a choice that Lando made. Is he he said it was Rifa before he even knew it was poison. Mm-hmm. Because it's so obviously Morden if you pay just a little bit of attention, and it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But Lando's not paying attention. He's he's swept up in the moment. Yeah, he's really distraught. We see. Veer try to go and embrace him. You know, Veer's a great friend. Mm-hmm. Londo hasn't always been a great friend to him, but he still goes to try to give the man a hug. Mm-hmm. 
and he just Lander just turns away and sobs in a corner. Yeah. I thought that was really beautiful. It said a lot about the two characters mm-hmm. to me. The Vorlons beat the shadows and leave. The League is now ready to join the war together. Uh, Sheridan thinks about going to say thanks to Kosh, but yeah. chooses to go to sleep. And intercut, because this is, again, one of those scenes where we're having kind of voiceover and a lot of intercut. We also yeah. see Mr. Morden paying somebody off. Yeah. Yeah, we see a bit with Morden, and uh, eventually he starts to make a move in on Kosh. We see him go into uh, the green sector and put the mask on and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in his sleep, Kosh comes to Sheridan under the visage of his father. And this is while Kosh is being attacked. Yeah. Kosh really likes showing up as people's dads. Yeah, it's almost a little patronizing. <laughs> a little paternal. Yeah. I <laughs> wonder if that says anything about anything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Kasha Sheridan's father apologizes to him. Sheridan was right. He was afraid. You know, he'd gotten so used to living. He had lived so long that the thought of not living had grown terrifying to him. And so he knew this was going to happen the second the Vorlons opened up and was trying to postpone it. But it needed yeah. to happen. He apologizes for not being a better mentor, too. This is one of the parts of, like, the hero's journey. The mentor always has to die, right? Yeah, this is a big trope, sure. You know, without the mentor dying, the hero can never fully grow into the person they're supposed to be. Because otherwise, the mentor would do the heroic thing nine times out of ten. Right, right. You know, so the mentor needs to die. I'm in the way, yeah. But what makes this interesting more so than not, is the mentor isn't even close to being done with Sheridan's training. You know, right. most of the time it's like, okay, well, I think in Star Wars is probably one of the most prominent examples in current pop culture. And Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker, Obi-Wan gets killed way too early to be able to train Luke. So then, right. you know, Obi-Wan gets replaced by Yoda. He finds another mentor. And then we'll see what happens with Sheridan going forward. With his lack of this figure to guide him. Is he going to get a Yoda now that he's lost his Obi-Wan? So, spoilers. (laughs) But we'll talk about it after the credits, maybe. Or something at the end. After We'll talk about it a little bit later. Well, after the next episode preview, we can talk a little spoilies about it. Okay. Okay. So you don't have to worry about it right now, listener. But yeah, Kosh is killed. A wave of energy runs over the station when he dies. And Sheridan wakes from his dream knowing Kosh has been killed. Yeah, it's really intense. His, Kosh's wrecked helmet sits on Sheridan's desk in the next scene. Yeah. I want this Gar- prop. <laughs> <laughs> better better put an eBay alert out there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Garibaldi's on the case. He's brought the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if we get anything out of this. But Delenn is also there. She expresses that the Vorlons want to keep this quiet. Mm-hmm. They don't want anyone to know something happened to Kosh at all. Mm-hmm. They just want his stuff put on his ship, and his ship will do its thing. Yep. It'd be normal for Kosh to be gone for weeks at a time anyways. Yeah, yeah. It's not like anyone's seen his face, so they'll just send a replacement. 
Yeah. We'll talk about that for a minute, too. Okay. After, because the language here makes me think something happens that doesn't, and I get upset about it. Okay. Um, we also have Londo going to talk to Morden. Mm-hmm. So Morden also plants the seeds that, oh, that that was Rifa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that had to be Rifa. Yeah. Rifa was totally asking was about poison and Adira. That's weird. <laughs> Whatever this ridiculousness. Is so transparent. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be. You know, Londo's like, fuck it. Fuck it, Shadows. We can work again. Let the galaxy burn. Yeah. Which was an interesting choice of words because if you remember back to when Emperor Turin was on the station, mm-hmm, sure. He asked Kosh how this was all going to end, and Kosh said, in fire. Oh my gosh. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that makes it even more sad. Also, Prophecy Watch. We said we were going to bring up stuff that could possibly, when it refers to one of Londo's prophecies, it could be a thing. One of those was don't kill he who's already dead. Yeah, right. Rifa is part one poisoned. Mm. And so this okay. could possibly be about Rifa now because he's already dead. He's already He's already got part one of the poison, right? Don't yeah, kill whenever he part who two is already hits, dead. it's like, yeah. So maybe okay. Londo's uh, decision here that he Rifa needs to go is his second chance at not fulfilling that prophecy. Hmm. Yeah. I, when we watched this scene and, and finished it, my husband turns to me and says, is he really that dumb? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he is. He's that dumb. <laughs> this is the downfalls of not doing a lot of critical thought mm-hmm. <laughs> or examination so franklin goes and confesses everything to sheridan i think sheridan at this point had no clue right yeah sheridan doesn't realize that anything is going on with franklin i sheridan is not sheridan is either super super micromanagey or he doesn't know what's going on he's right he's there's no in between that. yeah so even when he's like taking handed delegated stuff, he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what happened with that?" I don't know. They delegated it, so <laughs> he has no idea what goes on in MetLab. Hundred percent promise. Right, right. He's like, "That's doctor stuff." Yeah, <laughs> this is doctors do pew, the doctor pew, pew. stuff. Exactly. He is has a very puzzled look on his face as Franklin resigns in order to deal with this addiction. Yeah. Space Coke. <laughs> like the cola? I don't understand. <laughs> Just drink less coffee. You'll be fine. No? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we see Kasha's ship wake itself up. Mm-hmm. And it leaves, presumably to grieve or maybe fly itself into the sun. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> it's going to fly itself into the sun. Yeah. But before the, uh, as it's on its way out, the maintenance team looks on and the skin on Kasha's ship changed to say deuces, bitches, and just <laughs> flies out. What a way to go. <laughs> well, what do you say to this episode? Is it deuces, bitches? I really like this episode. This is a really good episode. It is faster paced, mm-hmm. but unlike some of the, like, I feel like the times I don't like the really fast paced episodes is when they're trying to do things that are conflicting either mm-hmm. thematically or in the plot. Everything here lines up really well. Yeah. I mean, it 
it is very fast. I think I'm flip flopping with. Are you? How do you? How do you rate it? I would put it at a four out of five. Okay, I think I'm, I can give it a four out of five. Yeah. In the streaming era of television, uh, sure. Because yeah. I think this would have been a like fifty-five minute episode or something mm-hmm. instead of the strict forty-five to air for TV with commercials. Sure. And I think this episode would be better for that. I don't think it needs a part two, but just a little bit of breathing room would have been nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall solid. One thing I read about this episode was that there was actually a scene that was cut for time mm-hmm. that was a ranger kind of picks up Morden's tail. Oh, yeah. And tries to follow him and gets murdered by the shadows. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I really miss that. Like, I feel <laughs> like that would have been a useful scene. I understand why yeah. it got cut compared to, you know, everything was so important. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where it's if we'd had that extra 10 minutes, like you just said, we could have had a few more scenes. We could have slowed a couple of things down. And I think I really would have benefited from those. Agreed. So, yeah, it's a four for me. I'll, I'll keep it up there in the high area. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wish it could have been slowed down a little bit or we could have spaced a little bit. So speaking of. Babylon 4, which is what we both just rated this episode. Hey. Next week, season three, episode 16, War Without End, part one, Sinclair returns to accompany Sheridan on a life-threatening mission involving Babylon 4. We're here. Yay. <laughs> we're, at, we're at part two of the three-parter from season one. Uh-huh. Mm. I love these episodes. Me too. <laughs> I'm a sucker for Babylon 4. Yeah. I'm a sucker for Zathras. I'm a sucker for Sinclair coming back. Give it mm-hmm. to me. I'm it's ready. so good. I can't wait. <laughs> but we're going to have to. Yep. So at this point, listener, we're going to move to spoiler town conversations about some of the stuff from this episode. Uh, you're not missing anything. So if you want to avoid spoilers... You already know who we're going to thank because you've listened to more than one episode of this podcast. So we're going to spoiler town. We'll say our thank yous. All right. So one prophecy watch, obviously, especially after we talked about it a bit on the discord, this has got to be uh, Sheridan is he who is already dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just, it's, it's super obvious. And also it ties into the prophecy as we'll see in the next two episodes. Sure. We don't know okay. that he's dead at that point, but seeing what will happen with Londo in the flash forward bits we get, 100%. But it is fun to call out other stuff when it happens. Mm-hmm. Thing two, Kasha's replacement. Why is he in a mm-hmm. different encounter suit? They don't even attempt to make him look the same. Yeah, I mean, if you're just a random person observing Akash, you could think, oh, he got a new suit. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's just like, why go out of your way to make it clearly a physically different character when the whole point is that you're trying to be the same person? (laughs) Doesn't make sense. We got to upgrade, though. You know, it's Mm mid-season, and we've worked on some sets, Yeah, and we worked on some costumes. We got to upgrade some stuff. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for our lovely theme music. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. 
And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Aaron, thank you for editing our podcast. We really appreciate all the work you put into it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And thank you, listener, for being here. And if you want to reach out to us, you can use our email at whoareyoub5 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. We have a nice Discord. Yeah. Love to have you there. For sure. If you feel so inclined... I hear five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed, so that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. So that'd be nice. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.